How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is Season 4 of Better Let Me Tell You. People, more and people get vaccinated and uh, we all have better 5G. We have better 5G and we start, you know, now meeting without masks, kind of like the get together we had last week. Yes, for Pim Pam Pollo, Pim yes. Pollo MIA, follow us on Instagram. Um, you know, everybody's like, okay, all right, is everybody vaccinated? That, that, it's a question. It's a question. So is everybody vaccinated? Because if we are, yeah. like, okay, take off masks. Um, so what do you have, baby? Then, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like, it's like <laughs> do you have Pfizer? Are Moderna, you Moderna? Or... Are you a risk taker? Are, are you J&J? Are you a J&J? Are you living on the you wild dare side? daredevil you. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that said, welcome to episode... 155. 155, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Man, I feel the weeks are flying by, hence it's May. It's already May, my friend. It's you almost know. the middle of the year. And, and you know what it means? Because it's May, right? It's gonna be May. That, but I was going more along the lines of, you and I have got a very packed month this this May. We do. We have back-to-back, we have our trivia night on May 19th at Beat Culture, our second one, so come on and join us. And then this day after, May 20th... It's our debut... <laughs> We got our debut pop-up at uh, Union Beer Store with Bean Pampoyo and our Chickawans. Is everybody following Bean Pampoyo MIA? I think they are. I, I, I like to think our Just listeners... If you haven't, 
follow us so you could be part of our latest venture. Yep. We're going into the chicken wing business, people. Like, so, how did, well, we know how it happened. We know how it happened. But yeah, it's exactly. like, who we told know. us, you know, three years three and ago, and years ago yeah. when we started the podcast that, you know, this would happen. This would be our, our next uh, our next venue. But it's funny, I actually bring it up not only to promote it, but because I literally wanted you, because this is a very quintessential only in Miami story, mm. to tell the tale of when you went to go buy the chicken wings. Because the other day, we had some people over. You know, we, we, we made our, our wings. So, you know, again, like a, like another taste test round or what have you. Oh, you my, my, my experience you, at, yes, at, at the store? At the store, the, yes. At the, at the grocery depot okay, wholesale so, place. So, okay, so... Because yeah. that's a very quintessential Miami so, story. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, before we go into that, what Ish and I were talking about before is that now, like, when you get together... Yeah, when we had when we had people we over, had pe- we had people over yeah. last week at my at my place, and it was you know probably like eight or nine of us, and right. it it was like that awkward moment that everybody like, walked in with a mask. Walked in with a mask. It's like okay, is everybody vaccinated? Okay, right. masks off. Yeah, know? yeah, it really was. It was like, and and are you okay if I take it off? And right. Whatever. It was very you know very. Respectful. I wonder if like somebody would have been like, no, I'm not vaccinated. I'll be like, damn it, damn it. Like, not to cook chicken wings with a mask on, like, and you have to sit in the corner. Yes. So done. So um, anyway, right. My coincidental Miami story. So I, I, you know, in 155 episodes, I've made it very clear that I love these Miamiisms. Yes, I really do. And I got a little frustrated at this one simply because of logistics. True, right, right, you right, know, right, because right. I we needed the chicken by a certain right, time. Right, um, there was a finite time. There was a finite yeah. date that we needed the chicken by. But even then, like I find hindsight, the, I find the beauty in right. just the Miami Hialeah way. It's just. <laughs> You know, I've been working in Hialeah for 10, 11 years being a boy from Kendall, and it's, it's, I'm still learning. You're still learning. Yes, so, yes, yes. so, you know, now that we're venturing in this chicken business, we're, you know, we're, we can access yeah, where, right. like, like a wholesale, actual, a wholesale or a restaurant, like restaurant tours. Ooh. Is that a, the right word? That, uh, sure. Actually go and shop. And if you think BJ's is in bulk, <laughs> I mean, this. <laughs> Is like crazy because it's it's like where restaurants right, shop, right. right? So if you think your two pound bag of cheese from BJ's is a lot, Get imagine ready, like baby. a fifty pound <laughs> right. bag of cheese or a block of cheese. Right. You know, a block of cheese the size of like you know I don't know uh, a Fiat. Like oh, <laughs> think they sell that at at this place. So Ish and I went the a couple of weeks ago for the first time we signed up you know Started and all that things out and obviously one of the things we went to go look at were the actual chicken wings because mm-hmm. kind of the main ingredient right yeah <laughs> um because again we we need to know a, a price range in terms of you know what are we're, we're working you know. with yeah right so and there they have a very comparable price when you buy chicken wing in bulk again this is where restaurants go and right. buy whatever it is they need so the day that we went, there were no chicken wings. But okay. it was a Saturday. Was it like 2 o'clock? It was o'clock, a Saturday, and I was like, know? okay, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, so be it. So then I go like a week, week and a half later. Now, thankfully, this place is in Medley, which is by my office. It's like 10 minutes if there's traffic. Not even. But it's by my office. But I went on a Saturday. Right? Because I was like, okay, let's start getting... No, no, no. You went on a Friday. I went on a Friday. You went on a Friday. I went on a Friday. Um, no, I went on a Thursday. Yes. Okay. Got it. I went yes, on a yes. Thursday. Okay. Got it. Got it. And, um, cause I went to the office. I yeah, went yeah, to yeah. the office and I'm like, perfect. I'll go after 
the I'll leave the office early and right. I'll go there and I'll be home by five. Great. So when I got there, this is the second time I go, there was no chicken wings. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is the second time I come and there's no chicken wings. But again, there's, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. There's every other part of the chicken, <laughs> but there's no chicken wings. Right? They even had gizzards. <laughs> but they did not have the damn chicken wings. So yeah, like, we're not being okay. fun gizzards. So. so I'm like, okay, it's time I ask. Right. Because I don't believe in coincidence, right? True. So I go and I ask a guy that worked there. I go, hey. Um, you know, this is my second time here. There's no chicken wings. They're like, oh, the chicken wings come on Friday. I'm like, perfect. It's Thursday. Right. Right. Tomorrow. So Friday comes along. And I even thought about this. I go, okay, let me not go because this place opens at like at eight in the morning. I'm like, Oof. let me not go at, actually, no, they open at like six. They go like five in the morning. Like, okay. yeah. I'm like, let me not go first thing in the morning because if, a, because he even told me the truck comes on Friday. Right, right. I'm like, if I get there too early, maybe the truck is not there. Or it's not unloaded. Right. But if I go too late, maybe they're they're out. They're out and people already bought the chicken wings. Right, you know, right. Sports Grill went and right. bought and every again, chicken wing. It's a there Friday, is. so they're right. getting ready for the weekend. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me go midday. So I went like at eleven thirty. Okay. Right. Reasonable. So I go there, no chicken wings. I'm like, okay. There's no chicken wings. This is the third time I go. <laughs> I've noticed the pattern here. So I go and I ask a guy that works there, you know. One of us, un cubano. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, si, señor, ¿dónde están las alitas de pollo? Que es la tercera vez que vengo y no hay alitas de pollo. Ah, no, 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 hay alitas de pollo. I'm like, yes, I know. No hay alitas <laughs> de pollo. That. Yes. Pero usted sabe cuándo vienen. Oh, yo no sé cuándo se vienen. I'm like, okay, let's move on to the next person. <laughs> Here I am playing my whimsical, you know, set theme music in my mind. I'm like, okay, let me go on to the next person. Si, señor, que esta es la tercera vez que yo vengo aquí y no hay alitas de pollo. Sí, porque no han venido las alitas de pollo. Sí, pero me dijeron que vienen los viernes. Bueno. Están supuestos a venir los viernes, pero viene cuando viene. And I'm like, so there's, a, tr so there's a truck roaming the countryside right, somewhere. Right, because the guy even told me they come on Fridays and Sundays. Right. right. He gave you two days. And I'm and he the second guy was like, Oh sí, bueno, so viene cuando el camión, el camión venga. And I'm like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> pero no estaban supuestos a venir hoy. Bueno, pero eso es cuando el camionero llega aquí. And I'm like, oh, wow. So then I find the guy that I spoke to the day before. Okay. The same guy. And he, and I'm like, see, sí, because you, usted me dijo ayer, you told me yesterday, right. que las de pollo venían hoy. Bueno, están supuestas de venir hoy. They're supposed to come today. Pero tú sabes, algunas veces los camioneros se quedan ahí por Orlando una, dos, una noche <laughs> y no vienen hasta mañana. Y es cuando viene el camión. And I'm like, they're taking those chicken wings on a cross country tour. And I'm like, okay. So when you say they come on Friday, they don't really have to come on Friday. And he's like, no, so viene cuando viene. Cuando viene. And I'm like, nobody here can tell me when the when? damn chicken wings are going to be here. Like, nobody can tell me. So I even asked the fourth person. Because you're like, no, I have to get to the bottom of this. I was like, this. I need to know when the damn chicken wings right. are coming Deliver here. Deliveries have a date. Yes. They have a date. And the other guy was like, ah, bueno, no, sí, sí. Si aquí las alitas vienen y se van al momento. No, 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 no. Yo no sé. Eso vendrá hoy, mañana. Yo no sé eso cuando venga el camión. And I'm like, oh my God. I just spoke to like four people. And nobody can give me a time frame when the chicken wings are going to get here. You know, and of course, all this, you know, like, guanazo, and I'm and like, see, see, papa, so you're not going to do anything. Yeah, and and not, I'm like, I'm glad that I'm like, my business survival depends on chicken wings. That may or that, may not show up. That I'm, you know, going by this schedule. So I was like, okay, that's when I told you, I'm like, okay, we need a backup plan. Yes. And we so, have since established one. So, so we've so, established yeah. one with another location, you know, with another corporate, you know. Um, yeah, another, another wholesaler. Yeah, but that's the type of stuff that like. 
in that particular instance, I became a little bit annoyed because this was my third time. I right, came here right. on a on a Friday, which I wasn't planning on being in the office. So I drove to freaking Medley right. to just go here after I was told they were going to have chicken right. wings. You, you didn't go there to check. You went and there it because wasn't like, you were expecting. It wasn't like, hey, the driver is running two hours late. Right. Come back at four. Right? Okay, I would have understood. But it's like how just nobody really knew. Nobody cared to find out. Nobody. It was like, no, we don't have chicken wings. It's like, no, yeah, they're supposed to be here today, but. No, you're not, and you know, you're not you're about with the pans. It, oh, oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So there were these pans that we were going to buy that we ended up buying. And when I went the second time, this was on by myself. Now, when I went with this, these large trays that we're going to buy to put the chicken there was only one of them left on the shelf on the shelf mm -hmm. so i was like well let me get the one they had because you know we at least need one right so the next day this was when i went on thursday when i went on friday you know the friday that the chicken wings were supposed <laughs> to get there i'm like i pass by the aisle and then i see like i don't know a hundred of right? the pla of the trays <laughs> that i needed i'm like Hey, there, there, were, chicken wings there, were, there were none yesterday here. Now there's like literally a hundred. <laughs> and I'm there and there's a lady working there. And I'm like, Ay, porque yo vine ayer y no había ninguna. She goes, ninguna. Si esa caja está ahí arriba del shelf. Nada más tenía que decirle a alguien que te da baja. And I'm like, really? Because yesterday there was a lady here. Just like you're in, in here. Her spot. And I even asked her, do you have more? And she's like, nope, there's no more. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> They were literally, they were on top. They were, you know how like shelves, you know, yeah, a lot yeah, of times yeah, they yeah. have like the extra ones on top. Yeah. They I, were, I worked at a supermarket. I know this. They yes. were right there. And the lady was like, nope, no, I didn't go now. <laughs> I just, it's the type of stuff that like you can't get mad at. You have to laugh. You have to laugh. You have to laugh. Because, you know, if you would have been at the Restaurant Depot in Schenectady, Schenectady, Schenectady uh -huh, they would have told you, like, the GPS location exactly. of where the driver They would have been was. like, you know what? Jim is on his way. He's yes. usually here by no yes. later than 2.15. But then give us until 2.45. But because, in Medley you know, slash Hialeah, no, Florida. No. They you're lucky. They get here when they get here. You're lucky they acknowledged you were there. You know, why don't you buy some chicken thighs instead? Yeah, use some gizzards. Yeah. But, you know, in Cuba, we don't have, we don't get to pick what meat we want. So, you know, you know, I was like, whatever. I, 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 I can't be mad at it. I can't be mad at it. I was a little annoyed a for a moment. Well, because in that moment, like you said, it's like, okay, in this instance, it was a situation where we needed the wings for, you know, another taste test situation. Yes. But if you need to get them because you are at a festival and you have to buy the wings for Saturday at 7 a.m., what the hell do you do? Yeah. I mean, you, you figure it out, obviously. Which, by but the way, I have an update on the Maria Butam, the doctor story. Ah, la, la, la. Yes. So my assistant this week was like, I'm going to start telling people <laughs> off. So... Listeners, I've talked about this many times oh, on the yes. show, but, but give it just, us a cliff. Note. But it just doesn't stop. So where my office is at, it's a five-story, you know, like kind of professional building. It's usually the building is predominantly doctors and lawyers, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's a, a vocational school there as well. And um, when you walk into the lobby of the building, there are two things in the lobby of. There's three things in the lobby <laughs> of a building: a sofa. Okay. No, there's four. There's a sofa, okay. a palm tree, okay. the elevator, right, bay, right where right. the elevators yes, are yes, at, the... and then there is this enormous. <laughs> He's not kidding. Enormous. He is not exaggerating. Sign. He is known for exaggerating. This is not one of those cases. That says Maria Butamante. 
Right. And next to it, there is an enormous. The doors are door. gigantic. They the look like doors, palatial doors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it could not be bigger. And before, the letters are silver. And before, they used to be on a beige background. Now, it's a navy blue background. So, they pop out even more. Okay. Okay. I can't tell you guys. This hasn't been once. This hasn't been twice. It hasn't been three times. Throughout the years that I have been at that off in that building, how people are in the lobby like a deer caught in the headlights and they cannot <laughs> Staring find... Staring at... The doors. Maria Bustamante's office, which is literally in front of the face, five feet away from them, with a sign that is bigger than them. Like <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm. I think that there is some type of there's something in the air conditioning. It's like that, a Mandela effect. There, there has to be. <laughs> there has to be. So this week, my office is in the third floor, okay. right? And you've, you've seen it. It's yes. in the third floor, in the back, in a corner. Like, you have to like turn the corner to find my office. If you don't know where you're going to find his office, there's no way to just tropezar. And how the people end up knocking on my door. There's like, I don't know, nine offices on the third floor. That's true. That are, and, and some that are much more visually bigger, obvious. With like bigger doors and right. like glass doors and whatever. How they end up in my office knocking on my office when the name on the wall is not Maria Bustamante. <laughs> How they end up knocking on my door looking for La Doctora Bustamante is something that I, I'm not, I'm not kidding, like I want to do some type of study I'm sure you could get funding. Some type of I'm sure. clinical research I'm sure you could get funding. Because it has to be something. Esther's had it. She's like, anybody who comes out will be like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> And knowing my assistant, she probably will do that. And in those exact words, yes. So, yeah. there's actually something I really wanted to talk about today. <laughs> Briefly, little topic. This will be the learn, learn. part okay, okay. of the show. And how is everybody? How is everybody driving back to work? I think, you know, it's a nice blend, yeah, right? Yeah. Some people driving to some, work. Some people still working from home. Right, some right. people, you know, it's it's getting to be summer. So, maybe some people are taking Fridays. De vez en cuando. Yeah, you know. summer Fridays during COVID, you know. It's well, just, you can still go to the beach. Well, that's true. You know. Or depending um, where you are, the lake. So a little, little fun tidbit. La- uh, learn okay. tidbit. So we all know the song Guantanamera. Yes. Do you know the origins of the song? I have no clue. So is that is, it was a poem, no? Uh sort yes, of. Sort of. Yes. Okay. No pregunta after that because I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Do you know who wrote Guantanamera? I'm going to say Jose Mati, but I'm... You are correct. Oh, yay! But it's not what you think. There's another Jose Mati. So this is... I think this is just so awesome. So great about... Not only the song and Jose Mati, but just... I don't know. It's just such a Cuban kind of irony in a way. So the song Guantaramera, Jose Mati didn't actually write a song called Guantaramera, like you right, know, right. verse, chorus, verse, <laughs> chorus, bridge, right? So Jose Manti had a book of poetry called um, e Versos Sencillos. Okay. And there was like 45, 50 poems in that book, including Los Abatigos de Rosas. Oh, so that, okay. Rosa. Okay, so that's yeah. where it comes from. Um, and Guantaramera, I believe, Verso Sencillo, which was the name of the poetry book by Jose Martí. I can't remember if it was published right before his death or right after, but it was published like in 1890 or like 1895. Okay. Right? Um, 
So not so on the what New York Times was, bestseller. No. What happened was that after that, um, I believe in the twenties, they took verses. Um, they took different lines from his poems and created the oh, song Guantanamera. So it's like an amalgam. Of- so the song Guantanamera is like um like kind of mishmash it's a mashup of mashup right his poetry of his poetry from a uh, verso sencillo oh okay which was his poetry book this is the part of the story that i absolutely love oh lord okay do you know where he wrote most of these poems like, where he was at when he wrote them like like geographically yes tampa <laughs> that would be an educated guess Eber City. Right. No. Do I get two more guesses? He was at the Catskill Mountains. In the Catskills? <laughs> yes. What the hell was he doing in the Borscht Belt? Oh, wait. <laughs> was he hanging out with Baby and Johnny? That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I'm like, he was in the same place where they shot Dirty Dancing. I was like, did he take did he take a swim in the lake that no longer exists in Dirty Dancing? I, I wonder if he had the time of his life. <laughs> I was like, wait, stop. <laughs> so then I started reading more on it. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me the most iconic Cuban the, poet. Li- like the most yeah, the most iconic I would I would Cuban dare say author. that he is the most iconic Cuban historical figure. Yeah, I would. I would. That's yeah. I would adventure. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote the most definitive Cuban song? True. Right. Okay. And Los Zapatico de Rosa. It is the most. I mean, it's the epitome of Cuban poetry. Of Cuban, yeah. Cuban poetry. So when he was talking about I I soli arena fina, was he talking about the lake, the lake. and dirty dancing? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. He was in the Catskills. Like I, I can't believe it. Like that is fantastic. That here I was thinking that he was like an old Havana, right, you know? or somewhere else in the Caribbean, or no, tal vez him, like tal vez him Puerto Rico. No, no, sé, no, no, pero... no. To me, he was in like Havana. You know, he was in in, in el Morro, in, right, or Varadero, or, 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 or and then he took a walk by a Malecon. And you know, like he did all the stops. Yes, and this is what inspired the great works of Jose Marti. <laughs> no. no, it was the Catskills. It was the Catskills. The Catskills. Like I love it. Like I was like, I can't believe this. And I started reading and reading and reading. And he was actually, um, because obviously at that time this was in the late eighteen hundreds. You know, travel between was, Cuba yeah. and the U.S. was like, <laughs> yeah, very different. You were driving from Michigan to Ohio. You know, <laughs> just as people do. Um, you know, and it was very common for like a scholar because he was a scholar like him to go yeah. around and it, he was actually in um i have it here um okay so he on. would he would travel back and forth a lot to the u.s yeah he was actually in a town called haynes falls in the catskill mountains oh um, sure so was he i wonder if he was in one of those resorts <laughs> I don't think those resorts existed back then, yeah, but the but the eighteen hundreds equivalent right. of, of that. No, they yeah. had resorts in the in the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hotels and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And what led you down this rabbit hole to find that out? Because I was actually because that's a great story. Because I had never really thought I had never really stopped to think about the. I was actually doing something of Celia Cruz 
oh, okay. for another okay. side project on something else that I'm working on. Okay. And that's, um, that's the rabbit hole for sure. Right. Yeah. Which that led me obviously to some to video of her yeah. singing Guantanamera. And then I'm like, you know, I don't know anything about like the history of the song. Right, right. And then I fell down that rabbit hole. Catskill Mountains. Catskill Mountains. Dirty Dancing and Jose Mati. So... Jose was, you know, summering at the Catskills. He was having the time of his life. And you know what? He probably also did not put baby in a corner. <laughs> no. When, I wonder that, if he had a watermelon. When, when I think of, you know, Los Zapatico de Rosa. I do not she, think of the Catskills. she was at the beach. I'm like, oh my God. I was thinking of the Caribbean. She was in like a lake. <laughs> so he was probably there and he saw some little girl, which inspired him. Some Anglo little girl, probably. That's true. And I'm here thinking like, oh, you know, it's a Cuban little girl. It was probably some girl named Guinevere or something. <laughs> Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. So yeah, Catskill Mountains, Jose Martí, Zapatico de Rosa, Guantanamera. Who knew? Mira vaya. It's like the Cuban sandwich. It's Cuban American. That's true. You know what? You could make the claim. So Guantanamera was created you in could, the U.S. You could make the claim that Guantanamera no, is, is, is Cuban American. Not in Ybor City. No. No. In the Catskills. In the Catskills. As one does. As one does. So ladies and gentlemen, audience, this is the learn section. <laughs> that of... would be like if right now I learned that Margaret Mitchell wrote Gone with the Wind in Lima, Peru. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> But it's the equivalent, right? Like, be pretty awesome. She's like, yeah, you know, I was in Cusco, and you know, just so inspired by the antebellum South that I had to write it. It's like in the Andes, as one does. As one does. Oh Lord. Well, before we get to our interview, um, we have we have. I know we say this every every week that we have a guest, but you know, we have a really great one this this um this week. I wanted to just bring something up really quick. To you, and I always say really quick, and it never winds up that way, right, listeners? So, did you hear about the little mini pseudo kerfuffle in Disneyland this week over the over a ride renovation? No. All right. So it was Mr. Toad's wild ride. It was well, you know, Mr. Toad is he a toad? Is he a frog? We don't know. Um, It's one for the ages, really. But um, no, so Disneyland. you know, a couple years back, they redid Fantasyland here in Disney World in Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Snow White got... It became... I have yet to eat in the damn Be Our Guest <laughs> restaurant. I am not bitter. <laughs> or, or, or my personal favorite. And you're talking to somebody... I go to Disney World a lot. You it's do, not you like do. I go to Disney World, you know, once every 10 years. Right. I go to Disney World a lot. And for a while there, I feel you, that we went to Disney yeah, World like... Every weekend. Every other weekend. At least once a month. I have been going to Disney World since I was a year old, and I have never eaten in the damn Crystal Palace. And I know what you guys are thinking. The Crystal Palace sucks. It's not the point. It's the point of being able to do it's it. It's the point that I, I need to eat at the damn Crystal Palace. Who do they think they are? Like, the Ritz? Like, or, or no, no, Rayo's in New York City. That, oh. <laughs> you know Rayo's, right? That it's, it's, um... It's impossible to get a table there. You know that I got a little like stupid about. It. I'm like, you know, fuck you. It's I like, don't I want to eat there. there. It's like I'll go eat somewhere else. There's <laughs> a million good Italian places in New yeah, York. Yeah, seriously, City. we're talking New York. We're not talking, you know, to it's like whatever Kansas. rails. I'll go buy your stupid, you know, like thing in Publix <laughs> that they sell their their sauce. Yeah, and you know what? That that shows how exclusive you are. So let's open up a GoFundMe <laughs> to get you to, <laughs> to get me into the Crystal Palace. You know what? We'll touch base with that. But that's not where I was going with this. Um, so they redid the the Snow White ride also in Disneyland. Okay. And there's a bit of a kerfuffle now because, as we all know, the ending of Snow White is that she has taken the apple, 
She is laying in a coma, mm-hmm. and the prince comes and true love's kiss. He kisses mm-hmm. her, and she wakes up. Mm-hmm. Well, some people are upset because they're including him kissing her without consent. Mm. All right. Well, they don't have to ride the ride. <laughs> I read a parody site where they were just like Disney decides to end the Snow White ride with her in the cat, with her in the coffin. Decides she dies at the end. Like <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. This, I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, don't go on the ride. You know, um, and that's one of those things where, like, if you again, it's it's about context, right? Where like you 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 know, throughout the entirety of the Disney version of the story, at the very least, they are together. They are in the the implication is that they are in love, that they are true love, true love, true love, and so that ultimately is the goal of the story. Not the goal, but the the end thing of the of the story is. Did they have a similar problem with Sleeping Beauty? Probably, but Sleeping Beauty doesn't have a ride. <laughs> that's true uh, <laughs> if she had a ride we'd be having issues yeah um, do they have a similar ride with Gone with um, um, Beauty and the Beast because he holds her prisoner well you know Stockholm Syndrome is a real thing and I think they've they've resolved that so by just Patty Hearst I was gonna say they've just switched out Belle for Patty Hearst and they're fine um, look I think it's one of those things I mean we've talked about it here and I always measure these type of comments to me in the sense that I'm pretty liberal. I'm as liberal you're as you're liberal, but you're not going to me though. And this is the type of thing that then people will use against liberals. Totally like, oh, to. you know, you look how ridiculous. Look how ridiculous. This is one of these things that ridiculous and it just it takes away validity of real lack issues of consent. Having and... to do with lack of consent and right rape um and you know whatever uh, whatever form it may be whether right. it's you know being molested or um again or real real real, real world issues, it takes issues. away yeah. from it because right. i think that not only <laughs> is this a cartoon um the whole the whole scene of where he kisses her you know without consent <laughs> that is not a major the fact that the, the issue well, is of consent, kids. the issue of consent, is not what is at issue there. It's right. not like he, like he forcefully did that. Right. It's not like he was going through the forest and he's like, "Hey, there's a, a sleeping chick. Let me just right. kiss her." Because, for example, and if I remember correctly, don't the dwarves tell him about it and to do it and to yeah. try it? So yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, I'm not surprised, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not surprised, but. You know, it still surprises me that some people make things about that. And again, um, this is, it's good to be woke and it's good to be sensible to other people's experiences Mm -hmm. and other, you know, what other people go through. But then you, there's, there comes a point that is just, it it ruins the message and then Mm -hmm. it waters down the real issue and the real messaging. Because look... There, there's a lot to be said about misogyny in in children's fairy tales, in, fairy tales, and, and, and in children's content. books and things like that. There certainly is, hmm. without a doubt. You know, from the fact that you know women, female characters are always like the princess, and they always damsel in distress, yeah. damsel in distress, and they have to be you know um, saved by the man. Yeah, so it's about being or, rescued. Or you know, in the case of Disney, you know, the fact that it took Disney. 
a hundred years to have a black princess. And then in, you know, Only 75% to into a frog. So in 75% <laughs> of the movie, she's a frog. Right. So, right. I mean, those are real valid points, right? right? Um, that those are things that are actually, that actually have an effect because representation matters. You know, right. Right. if you are a black, if you were a black little girl and you, saw all these Disney princesses that were like fair skin and blonde blonde and, and all yeah. that. And you didn't see yourself in that. That, that is something that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, this whole kerfuffle as you called it, uh, that is just, that's, that's a waste of time. And that's one of those issues that there's a very small percentage. I, I imagine of people. <laughs> it's that, again, it's that vocal minority. Yeah. Know? The, the vocal minority, you know, just like there's, a, you know, we always talk about the, the, I don't know how much of a minority they are, but the extreme people on the right, there are the extreme people right, on, on the left. The left. Yeah. And and it, I mean, listen, you know the whole thing in Legally Blonde, it's kind of like a joke where one of the characters, like the lesbian activist, she oh, yeah. there's a scene where she's kind of like, oh, we must get rid of the word semester because that implies semen and male and call it Ovester. Right. That's actually real. That actually really? was a real movement. That would just did not come up. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they got it from. I mean... That's a little ridiculous. Like It is. It is. The bigger problem I have with Snow White... <laughs> let's talk about Does this, Does she people. have a restaurant, too, that you haven't gotten into? Let's talk about this, people. I actually have a really big problem with Snow White. And it's not that. I think the witch... Oh, the, the witch. The, yes, queen, yes. the queen in yes. Snow White is the stupidest queen... It's and the stupidest, stupidest villain. ...villain that has ever existed... And I'll tell you guys, you know, I'll tell everybody why. Visually, I think she's stunning. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think she's stunning. She has a drag queen's she dream. She has all this power. She has a freaking mirror that talks to her people. like <laughs> And lies to her. You know, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, she's, she's a sorceress of she's sorts. She's a sorceress. She has all this power, mm -hmm. right? All this witchcraft. But... <laughs> Her she solution goes, you know, she wants to be the fairest of them all and be prettier than Snow White. So she sends a guy to kill Snow White in the middle yeah, the of the room and bring her heart and blah, 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 blah. All this trouble. Okay. She goes to all this trouble to make a spell for her to become an ugly witch. Right. So then Snow White. So she can, can take an apple that has another spell. An apple that has another spell into the forest and find Snow White and convince her to eat the damn apple. <laughs> right. And die. Right. So she could be the fairest of them all. Okay, you know, Queenie. Queenie, <laughs> why don't you just make a spell to make Snow White ugly? Or put the put it in a pie. Give her the pie. However you want to do it, just to make her no, no, right. Just make her ugly. Make her ugly. You know, yeah. make a thunderstorm get up at rayo and she becomes you know <laughs> <laughs> ugly. Whatever way you want to do it, you are the you know you are the greatest sorcerer. Yeah. In that, right? in that story, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I always watch, I'm like, you're so stupid. Like, you're such a stupid villain. <laughs> like, why don't you just make a spell to make Snow White ugly? And then you'll be the fairest of the land. Because really, that's what it comes down to, right? Right. There, it, it, she just wants to be the prettiest person. The prettiest girl in school. That's it. There's not more to it, right? No, it's that. Because I couldn't understand if there was like a more complex, like... <laughs> like she had to get the will. Uh, yes. <laughs> or there was something she wanted from or, Snow right. White. No. You know, and Snow White stood in her way. Okay, kill the bitch. You know, right, but... Right. But, but no, no. This it, was just... Eso tiene resolución. Yeah. Just make her the ugliest one. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> that goes to prove to us what we have always known. That the greatest villain of all time in Disney 
is yes. the one and only Maleficent, Maleficent. Because you are dealing with all the powers of hell. And, and that is a lot of power. All that over not being invited to a baby shower. Yes. Or a, a, a baptism. A, a baptism. Christening. Yeah. Which as Cubans, we could relate. We got it. A ti no te invitan al bautizo de la niña. And you damn everybody to hell. Can you imagine if they had, if she hadn't gotten the arreglo? <laughs> no. no, you know what I love? That in the scene when Maleficent comes out at the beginning of the movie, that I always think if the queen would just shut up and not say anything, because if you recall, she was on her way out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, it, wasn't until, it wasn't until the queen was like, oh, and you're not offended, your excellency? It's like, She's, God, so just leave well enough alone. Just let her go. Just leave well enough alone. Oh, of course not. <laughs> And to show I have no ill will, Boy, I, I too shall bestow a present on the child. Yes, she shall grow up to be loved by all. But <laughs> see, Maleficent did it the right way. Maleficent knew how to get shit done. She did it the right way. She's like, I'm not going to sacrifice my life. No, no, mi cielo, no, 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 no. no. Later in the movie, she's like. 16 years and they've been looking for a baby. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you outsource. I have to tell you, the first time I saw Fantasmic in um in MGM. In MGM, I was like pretty sure that was Maleficent at the end. I'm sure she works there. She's probably got a nice 401k. <laughs> I was like, oh. And you notice how in Fantasmic she was like the biggest... She's the prime villain. Yeah. Of course like, she is. Of course she is. Who deals with her? Come on. It's like, you know what I think is also a shitty villain? Although it's my favorite, no. Although it's my favorite Disney movie is Gaston. Yeah, mira Gaston. Now Gaston, it, you know what? Gaston just needs a, a circuit party. The Gaston, <laughs> Gaston is your typical Instagram influencer. It's true. Yeah. All it's about true. him. All about you know what he wants. All about how, how just get Gaston a how fake pretty he is. Get Gaston he, a sponsorship he, with one of those muscle you know tea uh, providers, an energy drink, and he's good. Have I, I mean, you probably witnessed it. What, what am I saying to just randomly to Tristan? Is <laughs> oh, randomly like we'll be anywhere here in the house. I'll be like Maurice. Oh, the baguettes. Hurry up. <laughs> Until I remember some time ago, I had bought, um, I think from Win Dixie or Frick or whatever, these baguettes that right. I said really big baguettes. And he was like, Bag, he was trying to read right, it. Sound it out, yeah. and, and, and I'm like, oh, those are baguettes. And he's like, oh, is that what Maurice or <laughs> Maurice? The baguettes. baguettes. Hurry up. Oh. But yeah, yeah. Maleficent, stupid witch. She, Malefic- uh, the fairest of them all. It's like, first of all, you need some therapy and like confidence because she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. And powerful. And powerful. It's like, what else do you, what more do you want? Like, you don't need a man. It's like... <laughs> but she doesn't want a man. Yeah, it's not even about a man. She doesn't want a man. <laughs> she, listen, she is an independent woman, okay? She's like all the single ladies. Like, she is, okay? Yeah, this is even... <laughs> About a man or no. Betty shit. No, this is about her. Her. You know. Her, you know. You know. Her what? insecurities over a freaking little girl. Because Snow White is like what, thirteen, fourteen. They should do Real Housewives of Disney villains. <laughs> Stephanie will be all over that. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, Sin, uh, Snow White. Snow White was what, like. 14, 14, 15, maybe. Know, this was her insecurities of a freaking little girl who wasn't even that pretty because I don't think Snow White oh, is that cute. pretty. You know? Um, 
And it's like you have all this power and like you go through all this trouble to like kill her when you could just have made her ugly. Yeah, I mean, talk about taking the long road. What? It needed to be better thought out, just what it, I'm it's saying. It's true, you know, but back then people didn't have long-term plans. You died at 25, you yeah. know. <laughs> or at 14 after eating, you know, after a eating an apple. apple. Yeah, yeah. It's so so you touched on something. You did talk about, you know, how how we need to make sure about representation. Um and somebody who's doing that is this week's guest. I had no idea how I was going to get back from this Disney uh, segue to, to introduce our guest, but I did it. So this week we have with us the star director, writer, makeup person. I mean, she probably did it all. Um, it's a short film that's currently streaming on HBO Max called Generation Porque. And we have with us Jacqueline Pereda, uh, Jackie, as we affectionately call her. And she is, to me, it's the epitome of somebody who's like, you know what? I'm going to go out and achieve my dream and... And okay, nobody's doing it for me. I'm gonna do it for myself. And, and she you know, didn't need a spell to do it. She didn't need a spell. Damn it! She just needed. Well, you know, maybe she had a couple of santos. Right. No, but you she, know, had, Cuban she santos. had confidence, which the queen lacked. The queen lacked. So you know what? Be like Jackie. <laughs> Be like Jackie. That's the moral of the of the story as we take you into our interview with Jackie Pereira. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, mi gente. So, as we said, we have with us the, I mean, she's a multi-hyphenate. She is the writer, the star, the director. I'm pretty sure she even did craft services for the short film, Generation <laughs> Porque. We have with us Jackie Pereira. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to find out. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. So, all right. Now, I have to start the show off, and, you know, our listeners will know this. Um, you know, we tend to rag a little bit on Jersey Cubans. <gasps> Just a smidge. It's all love. It's all love, really. It's all love. We do it because we're related. Exactly. But I got to say, after, after watching your film, it drives home the point even more that, you know what? Miami, Jersey, Los Angeles, New York, London... 
we are probably way more similar than we would ever admit to each other. So thank you for proving that once and for all. Like your, your, your short film was like a hypothesis and it proved itself out. So thank you for that. I'm so glad I proved my thesis to everyone. Mission accomplished. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm watching this and, and again, you guys, you can watch it on HBO. I think it's still on HBO Latino, but it's definitely on HBO Max. Uh, Alma, yeah, HBO Latino. Then I think it's on On Demand too so definitely check it out yeah i saw it on hbo max so you definitely can watch it there too there's no excuse people um but what you know what really what motivated you to write this movie i mean it, it, it's you know obviously it, it's the trials and tribulations of a cuban-american girl with beyond cuban parents like i mean i saw that i was i felt like i was watching my entire family up there so <laughs> those were my parents but oh, they were your parents beyond your parents sir <laughs> yeah. yeah really it's inspired you know my family was born in cuba i was born here you know some cuban american and i'm a huge comedy lover and i love shows like sex in the city insecure girls where it's like you know these coming to coming of age comedies people like pursuing their dreams and their lives in the city and i remember like watching sex in the city and being like okay her mom's gonna call while she's in bed with mr big like i was just waiting for it constantly <laughs> I was like, her mom's not, okay, her mom's not calling her to come home to her cousin's baby shower this weekend. I was like, okay. Just like the freedom these women had to live their lives without parental intrusion, like their parents just trusting them so much. Um, I, I just had to write this film about it. And it originally started as a web series. Okay. Um, did it, yeah. And then it was licensed as a short film. Um, but yeah, it really was inspired by that, like seeing these coming of age comedies. And I was always literally asking, being like, where are the parents? No, Poppy's not. Okay. They trust them in New York. Okay. So they're walking at 7 PM at night and no one is yelling at them that they're walking home late. It's funny you say that because now that I think about it, uh, I mean, I, I've seen sex, sex in the city. I can't say I know every episode by heart, but I, I can't think of any moment where they really make up a, a huge reference to their parents. No, they don't. And you know, like, the parents are part of their lives. And listen, I grew up, you know, a lot of my friends, I was basically the only Cuban girl in school, and I grew up in a very Jewish suburban neighborhood. Um, and I really related to my first-gen friends, meaning a lot of my friends that the parents were from India and Asia, even Haiti, because we had, like, similar worlds. You know, like, our parents were constantly worried about us, and we always had this pressure to meet our parental, you know, like, expectations. So, um, yeah, that was kind of like, that's like the big inspiration behind yeah. it all. But always I'm like, where are the parents? I'm like, oh, okay. In your film, you um, really hit home what, you know, we always talk about so much, which is such a big difference between like Cubans and Latin culture versus, you know, Anglo culture is that, you know, you don't stop. Your parents don't stop being your parents at 18. Uh, quite the contrary. I think that yeah, after it's worse. more involved and like when you have kids and you got married and you know and all that. And like you really showed that in your film. Yeah, yeah. And I mean she's a grown adult as well. And her parents are still not trusting and worried about her. And again, the Anglo culture is very different. I always say it's like the old world versus new world, you know? And here you chase after your dreams. It's the individual. Um, but for us, you know, you sacrifice for your family. 
you know, for your like for for your culture. And I feel like my parents they sacrificed so much that when their baby's like, I'm going to go chase my dreams and chase this career that has no gainful employment, they were like, eh, what? Like, oh my God, you know? Like, they didn't, they were like, no, you become a lawyer, you become a doctor. And that's what my friends and I always, even in school, um, I had so many friends, like, they wanted to be film directors. They wanted to be artists. And they are like, I have to go to law school. Like, my parents would never, ever speak to me again. Like, I don't want to live the rest of my life on a guilt trip. Well, yeah. One of us can relate. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny because I'm like the type of person that like I, I I seldom take advice from people. Not for any reason. I'm just not the per- type of person who asks for advice. But when it came down to my career, I actually listened to my parents and I went to law school. And here I am hosting a podcast uh, as one does, right? <laughs> so I mean, you you hit on the movie. You also hit on like two of like the biggest taboos growing up in a, in a Cuban household, which you touched upon now, which is you wanted, you know, your character wanted to be an actress and go to New York and all that, and you came out as a Democrat, because you know, everybody talks about coming out of the closet when it, it's sexuality, but coming out as a Democrat to a Cuban family is probably as nerve-wracking. So, tell us a little bit in terms of, like, the thought process and, you know, the timing, because... I'm not, you know, I'm not sure when you actually wrote this, but the timing now with, you know, the whole elections and, you know, the wave of Trump, you know, the timing was perfect. So tell us a little bit about that creative process and the timing of it. Yeah, so the timing, I started writing this late 2016, early 2017. So this is just when the last administration came in, and I feel like a lot of people were just shocked, you know, about his presidency. But also, I know a lot of conservative family members and people, you know, that still believe in these policies and consider themselves Republican. And again, it's not, it's not shown ever in TV or film that, like, Latinos can be conservative. And they're also very much about family values. Um, and, you know, personally, too, my family's a little more conservative. I, again, coming out, like, I felt like I did come out to my parents. Yeah. At one point that you are, you know, that you're more liberal or you disagree with some sort of policies. And I really just love subversive comedy. So I just kind of want to like flip that on their head. And um, so many people have reached out about that too, after seeing it on HBO. And not only just like, you know, is that like, you know, I had like the same thing with my parents. Um, yeah, like I think it's, a, it's like a punch in the gut for a lot of families. And especially sometimes for Cubans, because, you know, they fled communism. Communism right. ruined their lives. And unfortunately, a lot of them equate it with you know, being a Democrat, so I definitely want to touch upon that, and also it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best comedy, yeah. you know, like, bang for my buck with that one. So I was like, this is perfect. This is, like, perfect. I don't yeah, want I- to ruin it, because I want people to see the, the film, obviously, and there's a ton of jokes, but one of my favorite lines is literally one that involves donation, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie Sanders. That oh, yeah. is, like, my favorite line. I may have peed a little when, when, I, when that was on screen just saying may have happened oh yeah oh yeah no, that was my favorite. i have a whole blooper reel of me laughing through that scene like i've never had to work so hard in my life at something than keeping it together yeah that's why like i thought the timing of it was perfect because yeah you started writing it three and a half four years ago but i feel that like by the time you released it it, it was like the political climate had peaked so the timing was just it was perfect um it was it was so great because those were the fights, yeah, not conversations, fights that we were having with our family and our you know and our parents all around the country. You know the 
the Democrat versus Republican, you know, Republic, the Cuban Republican, which is like a whole other thing in itself. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people just don't realize that. And like, what gets covered is more like Latino Democrats, but there's a huge swath of people that are conservative, and it is an issue with families. But then you kind of move on. Then mommy's like, "So what are you wearing to the Oscars?" Like, it doesn't rule our lives. You have like, a little bout, and then you, you know, you move on. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, we see that a lot. Actually, I think we had that conversation, uh, Darian, where, you know, it's very different in Latino families. I feel like in, in quote unquote, you know, Familia Americana, you know, hey. they have these political arguments and then they don't talk to each other for years. And like, to your point, you know, we're going to be like, Pero eres un estúpido, blah, 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 blah. and then it's just like, Ay, no me, no me cito los frijoles. you know, like it's we, we kind of we, we have it out. We just get it out of our system in a way. And then we we, we still embrace ourselves as family. Right. It, it's it's weird, yeah. but but it's a nice thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she doesn't, as you saw in the film, like she doesn't want to fight with her parents about it. She's just like, yeah, sure. Here's my mug. I know exactly what they're trying to do. The passive aggressiveness about it. And then you're just like, you're not going into this. Nope, not stepping on this landmine. I'm just going to keep living my life. I got to get back to New Absolutely. York. Absolutely. And I got to say, your, your parents, oh my God, they were hilarious. Of course, friend of the podcast, Andrea Burns. She's been on the show. So you, you know, we heart us some Andrea. Oh, I love her so much. Now, what I wanted to ask you is because obviously, you know, you, you wrote it as well. It shows you grew up in a Cuban, Cuban-American household because the Spanglish was on point. It was organic. It was like listening to my parents, Darian's parents, like everybody we ever grew up with parents. Like, so yeah. kudos to that. How do you, how do you, how did you, you know, get the Spanglish so on point because I know it's very easy to say well I grew up with it but I feel like a lot of people grew up with it and it still doesn't get captured so you know authentically yeah I think with that I mean we definitely rehearse and improv a lot but just for me that's the way the characters spoke like they were so clear in my head and I just yeah, I just really pulled from like conversations with my family. Um, and also I love writing dialogue. So it was just, it was a lot of fun to play around with. Um, yeah, I don't, that's, that's my, that's my process for writing space. <laughs> it's something, you know what it is? It's something that's so like instinctual and in my gut, like they would kind of go off sometimes or even a bit, but no, this is too much Spanish. Like I always, it was always that fine line between, you know, enough English and enough Spanish. Mm-hmm for sure, during it. There was more like a gut thing. I was like, okay, no, this is too much. Um, And just also, I feel like sometimes, too, in families, one parent speaks more Spanish than the other. So that was very, I I was very mindful of that. Like, mommy speaks to her more in um, English, and papi always speaks in Spanish. Yep. And she usually always answers in English. Yeah, that's me. My my father's more English, my mother's more Spanish. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, so, my parents don't speak English, so it's all Spanish for me. But, you know, Spanglish, as, as you were saying, is something that is so hard to properly capture. And, and you really did. Um, because we always, always on the podcast, we make fun of the people that say Spanish, like, wow, this fiesta is so caliente. And it's like, that's not Spanish. It's Spanglish. <laughs> that is. Um, but, um, but you were obviously able to really capture that in. in in the script and in, in the content so you know congrats yeah. for that because that's that's spanish is so much of a, a part of the culture of what who we are 
It is. It, it really is. And also, I just want to kudos to the actors because they killed those lines as well. Oh, like, yes. the pacing and especially, you know, Sandra's from Cuba and Andrea grew up, you know, in Miami and her mom's from Venezuela. So they really knew the pacing of it and, like, in the, in the pitch of it. So that was also um, important. But yeah, the Spanish was always really important to me. Now that I'm thinking back, it was just, like, very important to capture that correctly for them. Um, did you Did you meet any resistance as you were developing this project because i mean i know it's i know it's a, a lengthy process right you know you got to write it then you got to get it financed and filmed and produced and uh, you know did you ever meet any type of pushback of like well mm, there's a little too much spanish in here you know in that from that sense or it's funny not enough spanish they were more like why isn't someone asked once why isn't she an architect maybe she can talk about how hard it is to be an architect I said, if I went home and told my mom and dad I was going to become an architect, I'm going to do a show. They'd be like, okay, mama, we love you. Like, call me anytime. You know, like, they, they didn't understand that. Um, they would show that, up to every bridge you designed and, like, point it out to people. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes, exactly. Some of the political stuff as well. But it was more like, why does she have to? There's so many stories about, you know, people chasing their dreams in New York. And I said, yeah, but what makes us different is... The parents aren't from here, and that's the riskiest decision your daughter can make. Yeah, that's the end of the world. (laughs) Like the world, yeah, yeah. So so when the exec said that, I literally had to laugh. And then someone very well-meaning said, "Um, "How about if you started off in a quinceanera?" I was like, "Oh my god, no, we're not doing that. Not in the pilot, you know." Like a a quinces could be its entire own short film, like by itself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But for, for me and again, other like first-gen people I know, it's like being home, and especially with the quarantine, like waking up in your parents' house when you're an adult, and like they haven't changed, and you kind of just revert back to who you are when you were like 15 type of thing. Like I love that like awkward comedy and like the slices of life, so it was so important for me to, you know, start it off there. Yeah, that's why, that's why it's so important, you know, we always talk about representation, um, but, you know, one thing is for you to have a Latin actor, you know, on whatever show TV, is that really representation, because, you know, what are the stories that are being told, who are telling these stories, and I didn't know what you said about the whole thing with being an actress, that's why you need people like yourself in the table. Because to some parents, you know, to like Anglo parents, they'll be like, oh my gosh, our little Jackie's going off to New York to be an actress and we support her and we love her. To a Cuban parent, it's the end of the world. Like, it is, yes. you throw your life away. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then also, you know, the whole process of chasing dreams. Like, if you if you wait tables or, you know, my dad one day, he's like, why can't your improv shows be in Radio City? I was like, oh my god, wow, wow. Like, they don't understand. Like, why aren't you, like, why can't you just call, like, SNL? And why can't they cast you? Like, they also understand the process where, again, Anglo, they're a little more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's so different, but yeah, acting too. It's like the most for me, like acting is the most controversial. That's it, right? Like the arts, yeah. the most controversial career choice for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, that'd be great. Like, hey, Lauren, hi. If you're not busy on Tuesday, I'd like yeah. to swing by and audition for SNL. You know. <laughs> yeah, and they don't get it. Like inviting my parents to my shows in New York. Oh my god, improv. I mean, it, they just. My dad's like, they couldn't find a bigger basement. You know, like. <laughs> 
they couldn't find a bigger base. Well, that's awesome that he thought that. It's like, yeah, yeah, naturally, you're going to be playing at Radio City. Like, as one does. Keep in mind, that's, ho- that's Hollywood. While my other friends, the parents were like, that's amazing. Like, oh my God, it's like off, off, off Broadway, or you did this. They understand what podcasts are. Yeah, so, but again, it lends itself to comedy, so that's the best part about it. Like, all of this is so funny. So, HBO, I mean, obviously, this type of content being involved in such an iconic platform like HBO, and a platform that could reach so many people, um, how did did you get involved with HBO? How, How was that process? One of the, um, the head of HBO Latino saw it, um, through some people and then also it went through the film festival circuit so a lot of people saw it and they absolutely loved it and they were like this is we want more stories from american you know latinos born here to immigrant parents and then they also love the spanglish part of it um but yeah through the festival run and some the higher-ups at hbo saw it and they really you know it really uh, resonated with them and this is what they wanted on the platform it's interesting because I, I I feel like the streaming platforms have embraced diversity in a way that we haven't seen before necessarily. Like you know, the HBO Max I know has an entire section for like you know Latino uh, content. Netflix is really embracing you know Latino created content, not just you know oh well it's about Latinos. No, and um, I think Peacock has a couple as well. So. You know, I think we're in an era now where maybe it's because streaming can be a little bit more nuanced or niche. You know, you you have to have something for everyone that they're probably broadening it a little bit more. But I'm going to go ahead and say that's a plus. Um, Oh, absolutely. And also, again, it's super it's super specific to the Cuban-American experience, but it's so universal. And that's what they love, too. And also, this is the first time I've seen like a first gen roommate when two of the roommates are first gen and like you can go back and forth and in the and in the film the roommate she's you know she's arab but they they totally have that understanding with their lives and their culture there's not like this incessant questioning or you have to explain right. why you're coming home with like all these groceries oh my god that was yeah. great but, but I, you know that's one of the things that i like about it because it, you know obviously we always make the reference to if we're Cuban to other Latinos who have similar cultural experiences. But what, you know, you said about like a roommate being Indian and all that, because I have a very good friend of mine that she is Vietnamese. And what, I remember the day we hit like a, like a breakthrough in our conversation that like she was saying on how like her parents go to Vietnam and they take these like big duffel bags and call them Vietnam. They have to call it like a calling card. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly like Cubans. Like, you know, you're Cuba from Busano. And, and I'm like, and both of our families like are fled communism. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. So, so, so much like similarities. And you would have never thought, you know, with somebody from Vietnam. No, you would never. And I, get, I have so many friends that their parents are from different countries, and we always, we always spoke about this. Like one of my good friends, I'll never forget. We were out. This was in college, and his family was from India, and it was Applebee's at like 10 p.m., like the appetizer special, and everyone there was Anglo, but us. And all of a sudden, at the same time it was 10, our parents are calling us. Where are you? We're so worried, blah, blah. And then my friend goes, what I would give. He goes, for Christmas, I want a pair of white parents. And they <laughs> what? Like, they were like, what is that? You know, they couldn't relate. But again, I always with first gen, you know, you always relate in that sense. How, how important, like the, the parents and your family is like that, that, that pillar and that foundation in your life. We have a friend that she is our age, married, two kids, 
and her mother will be calling her at like 1130 every night before she goes to bed, like just to check in, you know, to, to, to say, you know, you know, and, and yeah, it's again, you know, she's not 22, just moved out of the house, you know, it's. And you know what's funny? It's also really funny, which, um, you know, we may be a year or two older than you, maybe. Um, it's funny when, like, as your parents get older, when the, the um, you know, the roles reverse, because now I'm the one that calls my parents, and I'm like, where are you? Why aren't you home? It's 10 o'clock. Where are you? <laughs> Yelling at them like children. Before this podcast started, I'm quarantined with my parents because I love pain, obviously. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just, like, just getting everyone. ready for your next short film. You're just mining more, oh. more material. That's all. Absolutely. And we just want to make more and hopefully it's turned into some sort of, uh, of series. But literally, I'm like, puppy, I have a, I'm going on a podcast. Everyone be quiet. Get off your phones. Right? Like, real strict orders. And my dad's like, ¿Qué es un podcast? ¿Qué es a podcast? I was like, I'm, I'm done. I was like, I don't have time to explain. I'll tell you after. Yeah. Okay. That was me telling my parents. When we started the podcast, that was me explaining to my parents what we were going to do. When we started, I still have to explain to my parents because they still don't really understand. They're like, yeah, the, 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 the pod, the, the podcast thing and the video. Or I'm like, it's not a video. No, but it's like a blog. No, it's not a blog. Like, yeah. I mean, to the credit, they're using a word like blog. But, you know, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And again, that's another thing, too, just the cultural references. And you'll yeah. see, like, in the film, too, the Anglo people, the, the Americans, they just have more. They get them more. Versus our parents are first gen, it takes a little longer, and you have to explain more. I always say you're just always translating everything. So yeah. language, culture, Listen, what a podcast is. I, you, you hit the nail on the head. You're I, absolutely right. I have always said my grandfather, he passed away about three or four years ago. Um, I, I went up to New York you know, for a while to, to work in, in the advertising industry. And I always nice. have a story that like... I know for a fact that my grandfather went to his grave still not really understanding. I guarantee you, he left this mortal plane not really understanding at the end of the day why I, why I did that. He didn't question it. He didn't ask me that, but I guarantee it. I can't stop. Oh, absolutely. My dad doesn't know what working from home is. You know, like the same thing. It's very. It's. He asked me why I don't have a calculator. I'm like, because we don't. In a stapler, I'm a puppy. We don't. But again, he's like genuinely curious and interested. I'm a puppy. That's not how we work now. Everything's on the computer, so it's so endearing. What did your but parents do for a living? Huh? What did your parents do, like uh, work-wise? Work-wise, so my mom, um, she used to work at a bank, and my dad has his own his own business. So it would make sense. He does the accounting and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, oh, my goodness. It's just so – but, again, it lends itself to comedy. Oh, absolutely. And you that. Okay, yeah. All right. Jackie, what's next? What is next? You, I, I watched your short film. I mean, granted, I will watch it at least five more times this week. But – what is next? I want more content. I need more. Yeah, I, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> so we really, we really want to make more and turn this into a series. Um, and also, if you want that as well, you can <laughs> tweet and do and do all that stuff. But yeah, just working on more episodes, and I'm also working um, on a, a Zumba rom com. I know it's everything you needed that you didn't know. <laughs> I need a rom com in spandex. Yeah. 
I mean, that's really, thank you. I didn't know I needed it. And now I, how did I live this long without it? Yeah. And I'm writing another sketch series um, called Hispandering. So it's like subverting Latino stereotype. So yeah, I'm always writing a ton of stuff, like comedic stuff. But the goal right now is to really just create more. um, I would love to do more episodes and turn this into something that, uh, you know, some sort of series. Oh my God. Well, you know what, Jackie, we cannot wait. We're going to mobilize our listeners, damn it, to get out there and, and watch yes, it and, and spread yes. the word. Yes. And also, I just hope it, it's amazing to like bring some sort of joy at, at this time. It's been a really rough year and to have like this love letter to, you know, growing up and being first gen and to our parents. It's been really lovely. It's not easy so, to make people laugh and you've done it. So that's a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. And for the record, so you're in New York, right? Yes, I'm in New York. Okay, so then when this pandemic locura finishes and we go up there, you you know we're gonna have to have drinks or at the very least, you know, un cafecito or something, right? I mean you realize Yes. You're my friends. You're y'all aren't gonna be able to get rid of me now. That's Sorry. It. That's it. This is how Cuban this is how Cuban family works. Yeah, we're primos. Exactly. Uh, it's, totally, it's like totally true. Like this is like not kidding around. Like this is how it happens. <laughs> but basically, that's it. I always tell people, I'm like, once I love you, like you kind of just can never get rid of me, and like that's fine. Just accept it. Just accept it. It's so much easier. You're awesome. You are awesome, Jackie. You know what? We never want to get rid of you. We hope we never get rid of you, and you're always on our screens for years to come. <laughs> you're so sweet. Thank you so much, and I love what you guys do. You guys are hilarious, and also to have like the Cuban American. Even though you guys are like the second best Cubans, because the Jersey ones are pretty up there. I really appreciate talking to you. <laughs> oh my god, I hit a nerve. <laughs> my podcast is gonna disappear. I'll be like, wait, I swear. <laughs> We are, again, because your family, we'll, we'll let that slide. Exactly. We'll let that slide. I love it. I can see her dad being now, pero tú dijiste que iba a estar en un podcast. Pero que okay, podcast. No... Apple. Yeah. He goes, in Apple. In Apple. I said, yeah, papi, in, in your phone. En el teléfono, papi. Con el headphone. We're in, we're in here now. Oh, but I love that. We what would we do without our Cuban identity too? Of course. We're the luckiest people in the world. We have worlds and cultures. Of course. That is true. That is true. Bueno, Jackie, thank you, thank you, thank you again. And and again, guys, it's on HBO Latino, it's on HBO Max, Generation Poke. You know, I, I, I can't say enough how hilarious and fantastic and true to life it is. So Please, guys, get out there and watch it. You know, we, representation matter, matters, but we obviously want content to keep being created by awesome creators like Jackie, who really have our true, authentic voice. Oh, thank you, guys. Yes. Enjoy. I hope you guys watch. And we're back. That was great. She was so awesome. She really was. She really was. And, I mean, again, it's one of those things where – you know, you and I now have been doing this for, for a hot minute and we get many times people saying like, you know, what you guys are doing is so great. It's, you know, you, you decided to create this and create this space, you know, for, for Latinos, for Cubans, for Hispanics. And, you know, that's exactly what she did. I mean, on a grander scale, but that's exactly what she did. You know, she basically said, nobody's telling the story of this first generation Cuban American the way I know it to actually be. So I'm going to write it. 
and yeah. I'm going to direct it, and I'm going to star in it. Yeah. Create your own space. Yeah. If, you know, and and many times you and I have even said this, you know, if it's easy to sit there and bitch and moan about something, but to actually make a thing, you know, to actually get out there and create something and, and, and you know, genuinely, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not visualize. Eh. Oh my God, when things, when you put it out into the universe and it, and it happens, eh, there's a word for it that I can't think of right Materialize. now. Materialize? Materialized, but that's not the. Well, I'll come back to it later. But you know, a material girl. <laughs> yes, she put on a pink dress and had people bring her things from Harry Winston. Um, but no, so I, I mean, I just I loved her and her energy was fantastic, and I, I'm sure you caught that during the, the interview as well. Yeah, and you know, as I mentioned to her, you know, we we know the production of all these things takes a while. Yeah, but her the whole thing with like the parents being conservative and being like. Yeah, Trumpist. talk about talk, talk about tapping it, it, it's moment. It's like the timing was just so. It could have been. The, it could have been created yesterday. It, it was so perfect, but it was so. It was so the way she handled it. It was so real, and and you know the whole thing that I I think I was the one who mentioned it to her that you come out when you're Cuban, you sort of have to come out as a liberal. <laughs> It really, yeah. it really, it really is, is a thing. Yeah, it really is a thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are closeted liberals and Democrats that they're like, oh. I'd rather just not say. It's like I'd rather not say. I'd rather not talk yeah. about it because that's how big it is within our culture, our community. Yeah. Our community. And and um, it, yeah, it it it's it's an issue with a lot of parents. I mean, I, I know it's an issue with with my family. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's you know stories like that and and content like what she she did. Is is it's what we need now? I mean, it's what we need in general, in general just yeah. different different platforms. But now, because I I think that now it's really a time which, as you said, that different whether it's streaming services or whatever, they're actually I think for the first time actually listening, or walking the walk, and walking the walk, right? Not just having some generic show with like uh. Uh, you know the one headliner Latin. that happens to be Latin, you know, right, right, li- li- Latin or Latino right, right. or whatever. Um, they're they're really putting in the work, so yeah, they're really telling our stories. So I'm a little bit thirsty. Are you now? Are you ready for your last soda? I am ready for my last soda. I'll go really quick. Go. I wanted to give my last soda to uh, Roz Brewer. Roz Brewer had has just uh, been announced, or she was just started uh, working as the CEO. Of Walgreens, and she is she is the CEO of, of Walgreens. She is a black woman. Okay, she is currently the the black woman with the highest executive position in like the country. Okay, so, okay, and you know, I always say we've said this here when we hear these things first. This. It's great. It's like, oh my gosh, that's great. Right, right. But then at the same time, it's like it's 2021. It's like what? We're still we're still celebrating these milestones. Like what? Like, what do you mean? You're the first black, yeah. like highest black female executive. I mean, that's a, certainly a, a, an achievement for anyone. Right. right. But that you How are is so it only now happening that you're so it's so only rare. a few of you yeah. so rare. It's it's something that kind of still blows my mind. No, you I know? get it. And I always I always go back to I mean I mentioned this here at the, the podcast. I I always go back to a very, very, very prominent hospital here in Miami. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That where you um where the elevators are, uh on the first floor, 
there's a huge wall with the board of directors. Yeah. And there's like, I'm not kidding, like 35 pictures there. And there's like one black guy and like, I think there's two black guys and like two women. Everybody else is white. And when you say white, I mean Anglo. Not even Latino white. Right. And I'm like, okay, first of all, this is Miami. <laughs> like, how did you achieve that? Yeah. So, so this is How Miami. is there not one Lopez? So, I mean, did you like go knocking by doors like, to find the 35 white guys up in Miami and make them the board of and be put them in the board of directors? I mean, that's something that you look at it and it's like, this is not representative of the diversity yeah, the of city. our community. Yeah. How can there be, and we're not talking about like, okay, 50% is white and the other 50 is all of the above. Right. No, right? No. no, 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 no. It's like 35 of them, 31 are white and like the two women and the two black guys or like, it's like insane. Wow. Insane. But you know, um, good for her. Uh, she was also the COO of Starbucks oh. when Starbucks had that issue with um, the, uh, the black two black men uh, when the police were called on them because they were there um, for business and mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily customers. And I think she was one of the people who spearheaded the whole issue with Starbucks that the whole they closed um, for, for, for training for training like all, all the mm -hmm. locations in the U.S. for racial sensitivity training. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Uh, Again, it's people like that that you want in 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 leadership roles because there's some there's somebody she's somebody who could bring her experience to the table, right. and um and you know just a great story she was profiled on the Today Show this week and just a, a very great um all around story that I think deserves recognition and again still surprising that she's we're the here. first yeah you know we're still saying the first well very well deserved. Um, so I'm going to keep mine short and sweet as well. Um, so as we know, India is having probably one of the worst um, just COVID situations right now. Um, you know, it's it's a new wave of, of COVID that is like just devastating the country. And so my last note is actually going to go to uh, Reliance Industries, but also um, Mukesh Ambani. He is India's richest man. And what he has done is he has uh, taken his company and turned it into a producer of um, medical-grade liquid oxygen. And since March of this year, I'm sorry, March of 2020, they have produced, um, supplying over 55,000 um, MT, I think that's metric tons, I could be wrong, of medical-grade liquid oxygen, um, you know, to, to kind of distribute throughout the country. So, you know, again, it's just one of those situations where we're looking at somebody who, you know, again, the richest man in India has the means and has decided to really step up and, and say, okay, you know what? We need to do something. And, you know, a lot of times it's very easy for us to look at people who are of wealth and just kind of say, oh, well, you don't care about anyone and you're, you know, just on your ivory tower. And then many times that may be true, yeah. but it's nice to see when, when people in those positions do take stock of what's going on around them and decide, okay, you know what? It's time to step up to the plate. Yeah. It is, it is. And, and it's just incredible to me how even when people do that, there's always cynical people that are like, oh, they're doing it for tax, you know, for right, tax right, right, write-off. Right, right, or, right. oh, they're doing it for this. It's like, you know, maybe they're doing it because they're a kind and compassionate human being. You know, dry, call me crazy. Yeah, exactly. So that one's good. That one's good. Um, yeah. 
Good, good. Uh, we didn't really get have a, a chance to discuss it in the show. You know, maybe we'll discuss it n in next week's show if things are going. But, um, you know, we, we know and we've heard of things that are going on in, in Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. We, we love, I mean, yes. some of the greatest, greatest, greatest people that I've ever met in my life are yeah. Colombian. And we love them. Yeah. Um, Pan de Bono is the... <laughs> greatest <laughs> gift of like yeah. ever you know yeah. I always say I, I've said this many times I'm like when I have Pan de Bono it makes me like believe like believe it, like, believe in the good of humanity in, no no believe in like a greater spirit oh wow like, okay. yes because Pan de Bono it's like it's heaven sent it has to have the, the hand of God yeah. because it's something that's <laughs> so amazing <laughs> It's so amazing that it's like this has to have divine intervention. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know the the situation in, in Colombia is like really dire at the moment, and um, you know it, I I think, and again we're not gonna get into it right now because we're closing the show. <laughs> um, but I think that you know you don't have to get into political ideology as to what side of things you're in, um, to be able to recognize that many times governments take advantage of, of people and take advantage yeah. of society and they they don't do what they, they have to do. And, you know, again, you know, at the end of the day, a government is there to serve the people and yeah. protect its citizens and provide... They some, work for you. Right. You know, the, the people are the ones in control, you yeah. know, um, and provide some type of safeguard uh, or, or some type of something for its people and um and you know this is what you see time and time again when when kind of governments are corrupt yeah. and they forget about its people and the real reason they're either in, through yeah. bad management or corruption or people that don't care and you know again i don't think that no matter what side of the political ideological spectrum you're in i think that most people could probably agree with that so um you know hopefully next week when we record our next show there have been some updates or yeah. there's been a turn for the best better we can hope but um but i just wanted to make sure that it didn't it, it didn't it, go it, yeah. forgotten yeah. it's just that a lot of times when we record the show you know we we go into tangents and and yeah. things that you know that we didn't expect were going to take exactly. so long and you know you know who understands is um este Chico Ben Affleck's best friend. Eh, Matt Damon? Eh. Matt Damon. Because oh, yes. Matt Damon never makes it on he, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, everybody, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And remember to grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. And thank you for so much for joining us. Everybody have a great weekend. Um, happy Friday. Happy Pedro Friday. Yes. And remember, May 20th, our pop-up at Union Beer. Yes. And May 19th, Trivia Night at Beat Culture. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye. Right, bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 